0: Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, it is a privilege for us to have a fellowship virtually. But before we do that, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate you for your grace and mercy. And for the time that you have granted to us and for this opportunity to fellowship around the revealed word of God. Dear God, we commit every listener to you and the speaker as well to you. And let it be for the edification and not for the glorification of men as we commit everything to you in Jesus Christ's name Amen God bless you richly now uh, during the week we received the news that our dear friend fellow colleague in the ministry a seasoned man of God a husband uh, a brother a friend uh brother joseph latola has been promoted to glory now brother joseph latola is one of the men that i hold in high regard because of his conduct in the ministry uh despite being gifted but he was able to submit to authority or submitted to his pastor and i think we just needed to salute such a well lived life now before i get into my message and the message that i'm going to speak on or the subject that i'm going to speak on i spoke on to this i spoke on to this subject previously but now i think it's best that i do it because the last time i did it i had brother joseph latola in mind and i thought in paying tribute to him let me revisit this subject a blessing of saving under another man's ministry a blessing of saving under another man's ministry but before we get to there let's just play a clip of brother joseph latola when he came to minister for us in 2017 in our december convention the theme of the convention was the was the revelation of the seventh seal and last time when i was in cape town i paid a visit to him and he had a desire to return And to preach on the manifestation of the seventh seal. Such a man that had a zeal for the work of the Lord. Amen.
1: Hallelujah. Amen. An eternal day. And right now, as we are seated there, we've already entered into that eternity. Right now in your soul, you've already entered into that eternity. You may not recognize it because five senses cannot declare it to you. But in your soul, there is something that's taken place. You have passed from death unto life. Did you you know sickness can't kill you? Did you know a gunshot can't kill you? Did you know an atomic bomb can't kill you? None of those things can kill you. It can take you, only take you to the region of the blessed. It can only take you to that sixth dimension where you'll be waiting for that great day of the resurrection. But nothing can kill you. Satan cannot destroy you because you've already passed from death unto life blessed be the name of the lord no wonder brother boswell said why are you singing all these songs amen sad songs to be i'm not dying i'm crossing over hallelujah because the believer cannot die they've passed from death unto life
0: that's what brother joseph latola believed in a believer cannot die they've passed from death unto life we just want to say uh send our condolences to the latola family to sister valerie and the boys we are keeping up them in our prayers and to the rest of the bible tabernacle community and as well as to our elder brother harold beckett and i spoke to brother beckett he said if we were to be sorrowful that means we did not understand what brother joseph latola preached about because he did not only preach about it but he understood what he preached about and believed in what he preached about now we appreciate the lord for such a well lived life many ministers today when they are gifted they use their gift to split the churches but here we had an outstanding minister of the gospel that demonstrated the humility that is required of a minister of jesus christ now without waste of time let's turn to our bibles <clears throat> in the message in the as we turn to the book of exodus 17 verse 11 it reads in this manner exodus 17 verse 11 and 12 and it came to pass when moses held up his hand that israel prevailed and when he let down his hand amalekites prevailed but when moses hands were heavy and they took a stone and put it under him and he sat there or, there on and aaron and her stayed up in his hands and the one on the one side and the other on the other side and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun now we read here how as long as moses hands were held up israel prevailed and as long as his hands became weary were let down the amalekites the enemy prevailed now until the two servants came to lift up his hands so that for as long as the hands are up in the air uh, the the israelites prevailed now <clears throat> somebody would say couldn't god have helped israel to prevail without the involvement of the hands. What is the correlation between uh, Moses and the most powerful God? Why would God need Moses' hands to be lifted up for Israel to prevail? I think God was trying to demonstrate or to assert the how critical the agency of man is in his affairs. So that means... Moses was the key to their victory and the only way that God could operate was to operate through his dispensational prophet and he wanted them to have confidence in that office. And I wonder how many times where God would allow certain things to happen and for him to intervene. He doesn't come with a storm, mighty whirlwind, but he simply uses a man as a means of intervention. Now we'll get to understand why it is in that manner. Now, in the message, Exodus 24, verse 18, the Bible says, And Moses rose up and his minister, Joshua, and Moses went up into the mount of God. I've always been somewhat baffled by why the Bible consistently regarded Joshua as Moses' minister, rather than Joshua as God's minister. We live during a time where if we were to say to an individual, you are so-and-so's minister, they would flatly refuse. I'm not a minister of a man, I'm the minister of God. But the Bible kept on regarding Joshua as moses minister and that is why in the same vein if we believe that god sent the prophet in the in the end time and the same prophet of the caliber of moses i believe this prophet has to have ministers we had ministers that were ministers of paul we have We now here we have ministers of Moses, and I believe that we've got ministers of the Prophet Messenger in the end time, and we will expound on what we mean by that. But I'm speaking on a blessing of saving under another man's ministry. Now, before I get into my message, maybe just to give a background, I come from a marketing background and in marketing what we needed to do or what marketers often have to do is to be able to identify and predict trends so that they would know which products to come up with or services to come up with in order to take advantage of trends that would be dominant during whatever period that they would be predicting about now in the eighties, there was one prominent marketer that had a prediction about the the latter, the tail end of the twentieth century, and as well as the beginning of the twenty-first century, where this marketer spoke about a trend that would be dominant during that time. There were quite a number of trends. One, it was they called it. Uh, uh, or maybe let me leave that one. Let me concentrate on the one that I want to speak about. They they spoke about a trend called icon toppling. Icon toppling it simply means that they would come an era where people will challenge established traditions, established systems, and established. Um institutions and we are think around the world you are beginning to see those trends where people are exploring the law of alternatives that's why we live during a time when one is not satisfied with the partner they move on to the new partner if they're not satisfied with this church they move to the next church if they're not satisfied with this country they move to the next country so it it is all in marketing cycle it was regarded as icon toppling now uh, i've realized that the natural types the the spirit side of things the natural types the spiritual side of things now we live during a time where wherever you go there seem to be a spirit of radicalism in politics in corporate in religious community, you find that it is becoming difficult for people to submit, as we often say. In the yester years, one policeman would arrest twenty people, but today, twenty policemen cannot arrest one person because things have now taken a reverse shape. Now, we live during a time where every citizen would want to be a president. We live during a time where every follower would want to be a leader. We live during a time where every every congregant would want to be a pastor. We live during a time where every servant would want to be a master so we we seem to have no room for saving anymore and this message is in no way encouraging hero worshiping this message is in no way encouraging men worship but i think as much as we rejected hero worship and he rejected uh men worship but it seems like we have gone to the other extreme of things and that is why i want to speak on that for a few minutes now brother brunham in the message god in his people paragraph 23 he says god doesn't fall upon denominations god doesn't fall upon mechanical devices god doesn't fall upon Uh, mechanical devices god the holy spirit fell upon men. man is god's agent and the hardest thing that god has ever had to do was to get one mortal to believe another do you believe that brother bram says among god's achievements one of the greatest or one of the hardest things that god has ever had to deal with was to get one mortal to believe in another mortal now we can see during the time when the israelites left egypt and two million people followed moses in no time people thought that we we are we are not satisfied with one man ministry we as well have ministries that can operate on par with the ministry of moses that spirit says people die but spirits don't die that spirit is still here in the end time where people would say you can't hear from one man we as well have got the ability to hear from god because it is difficult for one mortal to believe in another mortal now this one most of ministers would understand we live during a time where people don't seem to think that advices that ministers give them they come as a result of prayer they don't believe that we take time praying over things and praying over the people and every advice that we give it's often backed up by prayer so to such an extent that even ministers of the gospel have been reduced to a level of average people in a sense that one sometimes would even deem an advice from an unbeliever to be more valuable than an advice from the minister of the gospel because we live during a time where things have been averaged and i'm glad that god has not been averaged when god will never be averaged now Brahman says the greatest because the reason i'm speaking like that for you to serve under another man's ministry. And Brother Joseph Lazola served over 30 years under Brother uh, Harold Beckett. And I wonder how many gifted young men today would be able to travel the world and preach in conventions and come home and sit under a pastor, it has become a rarity in the end time. Something that is very rare. The number of such people has become fewer than few in a sense that as soon as a person takes the microphone and they seem to be a good response, the next logical thing that they think is to start a church. And that's why we have chaos that we have even within the message cycles because there is a lack of respect for authority and there is lack of respect for ancient landmarks we've got young men that are rising and attacking elders undermining elders and you wonder what kind of elders are they going to be tomorrow when we do not have elders when our elders have long gone so that is the challenge that we're having you find musicians cannot serve under pastors anymore they think they are on par with pastors young ones they think that they are on par with pastors they so as i say they seem to be a disdain for authority even in the message of the hour. But I like how I think it was Brother George Martin he has got a favorite saying, stick to your pastor you will go far. It is uh, something that young people do not want to do. Now let me say this not every preacher is called to be a pastor. repeat, not every preacher is called to be a pastor. Sometimes you can be an impeccable teacher, but you may have been called to serve under a pastor. You may be one of the most uh, effective evangelists, but it doesn't mean that you were called to be a pastor we live during a time where people cannot be followers and some statements are saying if you cannot be a good follower you cannot be a good leader now i say we live during a time where everyone wants to be a pastor either literally or by proxy and i'll get to explain what I mean by proxy because men, men of God are under such immense pressure in the end time from the very congregants that they lead. Now, Brother Brenham says in the message "Why, Little Bethlehem, paragraph 96, he says, you know, leaders sometimes go through things that the congregations don't know what they are going through. Uh, I think this one you would have to refer back to few broadcasts that i've done on underlying conditions and i said a lot of times your pastor is there and he may be surprising suppressing some of the underlying conditions and when he's taken off this scene those things will come to the surface now he says you know leaders sometimes go through things that the congregation don't know what they are going through when you think of promises Promise, when you think of promises God has made, then why don't it come to pass? They don't tell their congregation. They don't tell the people they associate with. But there is many frustrations in the heart of a real leader. When you are a real leader, there are many frustrations. A frustration is a certain degree of annoyance, a certain degree of unsettledness. A certain degree of discomfort that more can be achieved but has not yet been achieved so that is what frustrations in the heart of a real leader are. so a lot of pastors they 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 know that the Word of God has got such a great potential and this frustration sometimes they take a form of a shape You see an individual that comes to church that has got a potential to be a great believer and have a meaningful contribution to the economy of God, but somewhat they seem not to rise above those obstacles. It makes that causes frustrations in the heart of a real leader. You see a congregation that has got a potential to be god's dwelling place where the power of god can operate in an unhindered manner where the sick can come to the church and get healed but somewhat it does not reach those levels and if it does not reach those levels that cause frustrations in the heart of the believer and some of the hindrances could be lack of unity gossip backbiting those things that cause frustrations in the heart of a real believer there are many things that cause frustrations that annoyance that something more can be done but is not being done because it's being hindered by a human deficiency, if I would call it that way. Now, that is why this year reminds me of the time when Brother Ed Biscal was with Brother Brenham. I think they were in a car, and Brother Biscal had heard that Brother Brenham had preached on serpent seed, and it, it just boggled his mind because. It sounded too far fetched that Brother Brendan could say a serpent was intimate with Eve and therefore the pro Eve. That's how uh, Cain came about. Now he says he was there looking at Brother Brendan and it says in his heart he looked at him and said, This is the servant of God. I wish I could I wish there's more that I could do to make his life easier. And I think this is one and we know how the conversation went about, where Brother Branham was able to design Brother Ed Biscal's thoughts. But the main thing is when Brother Biscal looked at Brother Branham and said in his heart that I wish that uh, there is something that I could do. To make his burden lighter, to make things easier for him. Now, I think this is one quality that made Brother Ed Biscal to be able to transcend. Beyond seeing miracles and to seeing the revealed word of God. Because many saw miracles, but they never went beyond to see the revealed word of God and to be able to scripturally place Brother Brenham in the scriptures. But I think this is where Brother Ed Biscal must have seen that it is a blessing to serve under this man's ministry. While other people looked at Brother Brenham and saw that they can compete with him, some wanted to, you know, the likes of, uh, I think it was uh, um, uh, this gentleman, his name escaped in my memory, the one that preached at Brother Brenham's memorial service because he came to Brother Brenham and said, I wish I could do the same miracles that you are doing. And we know later on, The very man that preached so well at Brother Brenham's funeral service, later around, he turned around and just presented something to the contrary. Because to him, he viewed Brother Brenham as a competitor rather than as a dispensational prophet under whom he could serve under his ministry. Now... And we want to pay tribute to people like Brother Ed Biscah that continue to, to save under the ministry of Brother Bran. But that disease, it is there everywhere. Where people instead of saving under, they think they can save on par or on the same level or above that level and many times if you were not called to the spot that you aspire to you are many we have seen many have destroyed themselves many have destroyed their families if you are not called for something and you attempt to do it the devil will demolish you it reminds me of a clip that I sh- shared with the assembly where it was two men that took a zebra costume and they walked, they, they pretended to be, they disguised themselves as zebras and they were there moving around the zebras because they had a costume. They looked like a zebra. They walked like a zebra. But while they were busy enjoying being in the company of the zebras, out of nowhere the lions they came. Now, when the lions came, because a real zebra has been gifted with the speed that is required to escape the lion, they leaped and and really ran away. But now these two men couldn't run away. A lion, one lion was there and with just one of its legs, it just pulled away that costume. Now, this there is a the moral of the story is and the, lately there were other people with guns there they were able to dismiss the lions the moral of the story is don't pretend what you are not because when satan mounts up a challenge against you he's not going to mount up a challenge based on who you are he's going to mount a challenge based on what you claim to be if you are not called to be a pastor, stay away from the pastoral office because you will disintegrate when this devil comes to attack you on the basis of what you claim to be. But it is a blessing to serve under another man's ministry. Now, Brother Branham says in the message Y, paragraph 51, He says, I absolutely believe that every person should stand at their post of duty. And when the pastor is there preaching or evangelist or something, I think they ought to stand at their post of duty. They ought to support that church with everything they got in them. Let me pause here to give you a background. Whenever Brother Branham went into any town, And people would come there because they had heard about great miracles that happened under his ministry now when the people came there brother Brenham used to encourage them especially on Sundays that you need to go back where to your church home and sub and be in your post of duty this is a spirit that is very rare among ministers today because ministers today, they, they, they enjoy to fish in another man's pond until they boost and say, people are coming to my church, people are leaving other people's church. But when you do that, you are myopic because you do not understand how important the body of Christ is. The body of Christ is more important than the local assembly. And the best way to preserve the body of Christ is to support the local assembly. I hope somebody will not misquote me. I say the body of Christ is more important than the local assembly, but for you to serve the body of Christ, you have to do that through the local assembly. And when you undermine the local assembly, you undermine a portion of the body of Christ. Now, Brother Moon says, I absolutely believe that every person should stand at their post of duty and when their pastor is there preaching or evangelist or something i think they ought to stand at their post of duty they ought to support that church with everything they got in them with their tithes with their offerings with anything they are called on to do be willing and happy and if you are a pastor ask you to do something in your church you should do it this is where I pack. if your pastor ask you to do something in your church you should do it but the problem is that when you are a leader and you instruct a follower to do something that a follower deems himself to be a leader in their own right it, it's bound to create a conflict because to them it's more like I'm a leader also. How can you, as a leader, fellow leader, instruct me as a fellow? Leader? But Brother Bram say, if your pastor asks you to do something in your church, you should do it. But here is a problem we live during a time where people are educated and uh, often brother Bram would say education is of the devil and i say that not as an ignorant man i had the privilege of uh, attaining a tertiary education and i had a, a privilege of working in the corporate sector so i'm not saying this statement from an ignorant point of view but i will tell you why i've seen where men a man would think or a woman would think I'm educated. There is nothing that my pastor can tell me. I'm more educated, even my my pastor. And I, I yes, I acknowledge you can even know mathematics better than your pastor. You can know science better than your pastor. But the problem is that you you do not carry the anointing that your pastor carries. And I've often said, when a pastor genuinely advises. sheep when he genuinely advises an individual in the assembly and if the advice could even be wrong but the pastor is genuine and the person seeking the advice is genuine out of respect for the office and the advice does not seem right and here i'm not referring to where it breaks the scripture maybe you need an advice about a career and your pastor tells you that you don't do this at your work the best way approach it this way and you know that it is not sensible based on my work environment but out of excuse me out of respect for the pastor you take that advice that your pastor gave genuinely so that you have received genuinely so out of respect for the office but the advice does not make professional sense god often i've seen he would take an advice that is not sensible and achieve greater results because that individual that certain advice had a respect for the office Go and read the message as i was with moses i will be with your brother brother says despite moses mistakes it is the office of moses that God respected your pastor will make mistakes but god will respect the office of the pastor and that is why bram say if you cannot respect a man respect his office and this year we are even referring to our young people respect the elders they will make mistakes but respect them but here i don't say submit to wrong doctrines that are being advanced by elders Disagree, but you remain respectful. Hope we are together here. Now, Brother Brown says in the message, and know is it not, paragraph 19, when a pastor is satisfied and the people is satisfied, it makes a real good church. And then God is satisfied. Now, when you operate... When you serve, and this goes for deacons and trustees and elders in various assemblies, when you serve under a man, you have to understand the nature of the man. If your pastor prefers that we want to be punctual when we come to church, and you decide that because I know he likes us that to be punctual, but I'm not going to be punctual. Now, you think you are despising your pastor. But you remember when God said to Moses, these people are not disrespecting you, they are disrespecting me. Now, a lot of times when you study the nature of your pastor, what he likes, here I'm not referring where you need to buy him a suit. It has nothing to do with material. This refers to the conduct of the service, how he likes he likes his church to be readers of the message, to be listeners of the tape, to come to church, to to be there and pray for one another, to support one another, and not to gossip about one another. Now, when you observe that that's what your pastor loves, then you have got to do it. And when you do that, your pastor will be satisfied, the people will be satisfied, and it will make a real good church. And then God is Satisfy. The problem today, and especially in the message community where humility has been preached and advanced to an extent that people think For you to be humble or look humble, you've got to be people's dormant. Most pastors are pastoring bullies. Most message pastors are being bullied by the congregants. And Brother Branham diagnosed that spirit to be a Jezebel spirit. When a church dominates the pastor, it is a Jezebel spirit that must be rejected. Now, we live during a time where people think their relevancy is a challenge to authority. They think that being an opposition in an assembly makes me relevant in the economy of God. But let me tell you, you're holding hot coals on your head because everything that you will reap what you sow. Sometimes you may look at the man of God, is very reserved, is humble, his temperament is not confrontational, then you take advantage, you dominate, bully him and bully the family. Let me tell you something, God cannot be mocked and God cannot be disrespected. Your day will come. But blessed are the people that understand that I am here And God has bestowed certain gifts upon me to be able to be of help to the local ministry. The local ministry can never survive on the shoulders of the pastor alone. It is too much of a work. That is why. The pastor needs dedicated deacons. The pastor needs dedicated trustees. The pastor needs dedicated musicians. The pastor needs a dedicated assembly and not just dedicated but a prayerful assembly. It needs the people that understand our pastor pastors got our best interest at heart. Our pastor would want us to arrive at our destination. As the prophet says, your pastor will see you through. How can your pastors See you through when you are always at the loggerheads and you have become an EFF in the church for a lack of a better weight, for example. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. For demons hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Brethren, there are people that are profitable to the servants of God. There are people, you know, there are people, it's not so much about what they do. Their presence and the atmosphere that they create around men of God means so much. I can tell you, your pastor can pick up the people that are praying for him. It is difficult to disrespect your pastor while you are praying for your pastor. It is difficult to attack your pastor when you are praying for your pastor. And here I'm not saying you cannot correct a pastor. A pastor makes mistakes. But uh, there is what we call constructive criticism and destructive criticism. Me, I'm going to say it for what it is. A lot of times... And, and maybe coming back to the text, Demas is gone. He's departed because he loved this present world. Now, before the prophet messenger can come and put the magnifying glass on this, we just thought he had backslidden. Brother Brahma says Demas did not backslide. Demas did not go to the nightclub. Demas was still a spiritual man. And it says Demas was a polished preacher. But this Polish preacher realized that I cannot save under Paul who's got only one coat. A jacket. Now, but here is Luke. He's stuck with the prophet messenger. Here is Mark. He's being invited to come because he's profitable to me. He doesn't say he's profitable to God. He's profitable to me for the ministry. Because as I serve God, the people that serve under me, while they are saving me, they are saving God through me. And I hear we are not appealing for lordship in the church. Hear me and hear me very well. There are principles to how power operates. Because Branham says, power without character is satanic. Now, Brother Branham says, in the message where I cry and speak, paragraph 194, he says, a public service is a minister to save the public. I came across ministers even in the message that would be very upset that you gave their number to somebody else. I mean, really, when you are a public servant, your mobile number should be available to all. There will be times that people are in distress. Must we now look for you to get a permission to give your number to a ship that is in your territory for them to be helped A pastor is not a chief executive of a company where you've got to set up an appointment. A pastor is a public, is public service. He is a public servant. How many times did people rock up at Brother Brenham's house without appointments? Now, he says a public service is a minister to serve the public, to be the underdog. You, you cannot be a super, always a superman. God prefers to use the underdog. When you are a minister of the gospel and a true minister of the gospel, you will always be an underdog. To be the underdog, to take these knocks and brows of the public, whatever it is stand there and if you haven't got grace enough to smile and take it then you ought to go back to calvary and reconfirm your commission that's what you're supposed to do now brethren when you become a minister your pastor is gonna come under attack your pastor is gonna be criticized but the criticism should not come internally it should come externally If it is especially a destructive one. The one that must come internally, it must be a constructive one to build. We want these men to stand. Because I have seen a lot of people that will exhaust their pastor. By the time they get into trouble, he does not even have the energy to help them. Because the very people have exhausted the energy of the pastor. Let's carry on present stage of my ministry, paragraph 49, Brother Bram says, you know Brother Baxter, and many of you remember him. He used to read, it was about Demas. said you know what i'm going to do brother brandon when i get to heaven the first thing i'm going to do i said why he said i'm going to walk right up and find out where Demas is i'm going to suck him just as hard as i can he said he's going to turn around and say baxter what would you do that for he said "What did you leave poor little paul when everybody forsaken him i don't prescribe to that i don't believe they'll have some fights up there but i just thought about Brother Baxter saying that because he felt so sorry for Paul. Here is a tragedy. The very brother Baxter that said he would hold Brother Dimas accountable when he gets to heaven for having forsaken Paul. we know later on the likes of Brother Baxter left Brother Brennan, when he, especially when he came to the third pool ministry. That is why never attack a spirit without this spirit, because to attack a spirit without this spirit will make you a victim of the very spirit that you are trying to fight against. Now, I almost got tempted to say when I get to heaven, I would ask Brother Baxter, why did you leave Brother Brennan? But I am not going to leave the prophet messenger. I am happy to serve under his ministry and I will continue to serve under a ministry. I deem it a grand privilege to serve under Brother Brenham's ministry. Brother Brenham has brought the illumination of revelation our way. He has made us to understand who God is, what He is, how He reveals Himself. The message has become the light of the hour in the end time, and there is no better alternative to the message of the hour than the ministry of William will bring a rapture change. And that is why we will never leave this ministry. We are here until the atoms of our bodies change. That's the statement. Now, let's carry on. Present stage of my ministry, paragraph 55, it says, Now, I imagine Demas didn't forsake him and start off tonight labs." I don't imagine Demas did that because Demas was a spirit-filled man. Demas was a spirit-filled man. He was a great helper. It was a blessing to have Brother Demas saving Brother Paul. I don't know what he did. Maybe he's the one that would, whenever there were meetings, he's the one that would give out tracks. Maybe he's the one that would make sure that the hall is booked. Maybe he's the one that would make sure the PA system will be there. Maybe he's the one that made sure the hall will be clean. Maybe he's the one that would show that the acoustics were right. He was a spirit-filled man. He understood the elements that were required to make a service of a great success. He says he was a great, he was not an average helper. He was a great helper. No wonder Paul got discouraged when Demas left. Because he was there and Paul could lean against him and knowing that here I've got a dependable individual, a dependable helper especially during our time is difficult to find dependability and reliability and loyalty in people people change he says if you ever look took the history of demons he was a notable preacher a fine cultured man highly polished educated he was a smart man But why would he forsake Paul? That's the the thing. What made him do it? Forsake Paul. I don't believe he wanted to go to night lab or anything. But I believe it was God separating Paul. You see, when you save under a man, have the right influence. That's why we pastors, we must be surrounded by Prayerful people. This I cannot emphasize enough. We have to be surrounded by people who pray for us. He says, I don't think demons backslid. I don't think he did that. But he got the wrong opinion of Paul and pastors ministers of the gospel there would be time where people just get a wrong opinion of you and when you go and check brother Bram continues paragraph 59 in the same message present stage of my ministry he says and now i believe dimas saw a failing seemingly in paul's ministry i think that he thought the old fellow was washed up before god now, he thought that a people that would pluck their eyes out to give. So, Brahman says he saw a, fee, a failing, seemingly. If this man with such a great ministry, why does he have only one coat? Because to demons, material success equated to spiritual success. But that is not the case with God. That's why pastors, you must never ever be under pressure for bigger buildings. If you don't afford a bigger building, remain in a small building. If you cannot afford a building, remain in a tent. In God's God's time, He will make you have what you must have. Don't be under pressure for competition. No, sir. And it's human. Remember when Brother Brenham visited, I think it was Oral Roberts University, he got there and he found that the university was made of marble. And he wondered and he went there and looking at fellow ministers, at someone, he found that they had the IBM machines. The computers were all over while he only had one typewriter. And God, he said to God, where is my reward? That's when he says your word is in heaven. So sometimes, don't try to be anything else than what God ordained you to be because if you dare, you're going to disintegrate. A blessing of saving under another man's ministry. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. There's variety in the body. If the foot shall say, Because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Why would you consider yourself to be less of a believer because you are not a pastor? Why would you consider yourself to be less of a believer because you are not a preacher? Sometimes I want to say sometimes you can be an eloquent speaker in your workplace and yet not qualify and not be called to be a preacher in church. What is required to be a preacher is not oratory skills. You can be a great orator in your workplace and do presentations, but you find that you are not called to be a preacher. And I know it is in irreconcilable during our time where one person thinks that I can be a jack-of-all-trades. You can't be jack-of-all-trades. And if the air shall say, because I'm not the eye and I'm not the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? If all we're going to be pastors, where will the lady be? If all we're going to be presidents, who's going to be a citizen? If all we're going to be kings, who's going to be a commoner? If we're all going to be leaders, who's going to be a follower? God is not a communist. God is God of variety. So in closing, we pay tribute to the life of Brother Joseph Latola, an able minister of the gospel, preached around the world in many conventions. He was a blessing to many but he remained humble. He never undermined his pastor many a times when you invite him. The protocol was that you had to check with the pastor and the pastor had to give a green light. But we live during a time where when young men are gifted, the pastor would only know that such and such young man is preaching at such and such place until he says, I will never seek him. A permission of a man to preach the gospel. Young man, you are doing God a service without it being his will. Servants of God are respectful. Joshua served God by saving Moses, the mighty, gentle warrior served God by saving David. You speak about Priscilla, you speak about Silas, you speak about Luke, you speak about Mark. They saved God by saving Paul. Okay, you speak about Elijah. He saved God by saving Elijah. In the end time we have seen a cloud of witnesses, the likes of Brother Ed Biscal, Brother Neville, and many that were around Brother Brenneman stuck with him even when he moved to the third pool. They saved God by saving the messenger. Now, in your church, You have a pastor, you have deacons, you have trustees. What role do you play? Are you saving to the best of your ability? Are you giving God the best of your time, the best of your talents, or the best of your resources? Or God is a beneficiary of your leftovers? I can pray because I've got... Time left after I've done whatever I was doing, I can go to church because I'm not busy, I can save in church because I'm happy, and when I'm not happy, I cannot save. My saving year is conditional. You see, we can mislead people, but we cannot mislead God. God is the God of the heart. He knows if our service comes from the heart. He knows if our saving comes from the heart. He knows if my pastoring comes from the heart or is it just for financial gain or for recognition or for popularity. The Lord God knows those things. I can fool people, but I cannot fool God. In a time where servant leadership is lacking, are you a servant? Can you serve? Not saving because you expect one, two, three, saving without a motive. I serve because I love saving, it is in my nature. It is in my DNA to serve. Are you the kind of person that can say that? No, I serve because I'm a deacon. What if they remove you being a deacon? Are you still going to serve? I serve because I'm a song leader. What if they remove you? Do you know there are some people if they were to be removed in their positions in their assemblies they would never go back to that church they are there because they are holding on to a particular position and that is not genuine saving that's manipulation the saving that has got an underhand But let us deem it a grand privilege to serve under another man's ministry. You grow, you learn. I'm a pastor. I've got elders that I would want to believe that to a certain extent I serve under them in a sense that I would solicit their advices on certain matters. I don't undermine them. I respect them. If I need an advice, I know which elders to call. And they are always readily available because no man is an island. As we bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate you for the time that you have granted to us. We appreciate you, dear God, for the ministry in the end time. While everybody refuses a one-man ministry, we accept the one-man ministry. Malachi four five and six, Luke seventeen, thirty, Revelation ten, verse seven. We are happy to serve under the ministry of the prophet Messenger. We know the like of Koran Dathan did not want, but we are happy like Joshua and Caleb. God bless this broadcast and whoever may listen to it. We appreciate you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you richly until we meet again.
1: of the blessed it can only take you to the sixth dimension where you'll be waiting for a great day of the resurrection but nothing can kill you Satan cannot destroy you because you already passed from death unto life blessed be the name of the Lord no wonder brother Bosworth said why are you singing all these songs Amen. Sad songs to be. I'm not dying. I'm crossing over. Hallelujah. Because the believer cannot die.
0: They've passed from death unto life. Amen.